I'm Matt Pikin, and Fridays on the... <coughs> I'm Matt Pikin, and Fridays on the Overlook belong to the West Asheville Venue Story Parlor. They're holding down the first audio residency with the Overlook. Aaron Halligan Clare is the visionary behind Story Parlor, and I'm now turning the microphone over to her. Today's episode features an interview with Molly Skanga and Emily Swan, the creators behind the forthcoming The Big Beautiful Cranky Project a collaborative multimedia performance being developed as part of the residency at 821, an initiative of Lamplight AVL. The show will premiere at Story Parlor on Saturday, March 4th, followed by a matinee on Sunday, March 5th at the residency at 821. When you both first came to me with this project and potentially putting up an iteration of it or two at Story Parlor, I'm not going to lie, I first imagined the big, beautiful, cranky project to be these big kind of curmudgeon characters who would eventually find happiness and joy, which spoke to me on a personal level. But in reality, a cranky is a very old form of storytelling, like a moving panorama or scrolls that you use to crank and move a story across the scene. Screen, but I thought I'd leave it more to the experts if you could share a little bit about what a cranky is and perhaps a bit about its history. The history of crankies, actually, we were looking this up recently, and they used to be called panoramas. And they were used in the U.S. to show Western expansion. So travelers would go out west and draw of their travels and then come back to the East Coast and share with people the scenes of what they saw and what was going on out west and try and get people to move that way. Peter Schumann from Bread and Puppet actually coined the word cranky. So it was panoramas before, and he's one of our big inspirations. You can also make, you can buy a receipt paper if you wanted to do a small one. Yeah. You can buy like a receipt scroll and then just use a shoebox and pencils. Yeah. There's really simple, and people make simple crankies all the time. We've never really made a cranky until now, but our guy, Colin Buxton... <laughs> He's a local woodworker, and the cranky he made is, is phenomenal. It's oh. huge. He didn't even put a nail in it, and he's built this huge, it's so much bigger than you are expecting. I couldn't believe it when I saw it the other day. I saw it for the first time. And the way that he's doing it, I, we wanted to just have one frame and then s switch the scrolls out since there's four of them. So he's got two slots that the dowels come out of, and then they latch in with this little knob that he made. And so they latch in so you can crank them. And you can take the cranks off of each of the dowels, so they'll be on scrolls, and we'll just be, like, switching them out in between. Crankies have been on my to-do list for my, like, long-time life goals for years. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great life goal. I finally checked it off. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been talking about it for a long time. We like to have just events at our house and build things and have people come together and perform things and just have fun together and so we were always planning on having some sort of cranky weekend we thought that maybe we'd just make mini crankies with our friends and all tell stories that we felt like telling and just little funny things and then this just grew and grew into a bigger and bigger idea we have a lot of really creative people in this community in Asheville so people have come together we've got some builders and painters and storytellers and poets and musicians and everything so it all just came together into a really big mm. project. <laughs> when we first started, we put a call to action in the community. We were like, come join us for this project, anyone. We don't necessarily want people who call themselves artists or call themselves musicians. We want people to come and then see what comes out of them. And we had 30 people at our first meeting at our house. And we were like, oh, no, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> and those people are still in and out. But the core crew has 
come to the meetings and we've broken out in different rooms and written about what we wanted the story to be. And we can narrow it down to wanting to think about how you can get wrapped up in things that have happened in your past life or in your past and like how to figure out those things and find connection. And then we kind of took that idea and wrote like four different stories and then whittled it down and whittled it down and then came up with what we have. It's been a long process. I remember thinking Molly and I were having breakfast together. We're roommates. So (laughs) we were like, whoa, this is hard. We're collaborating with 12 people who all have stories to tell. And how do we create a story together? And then we were like, this is what we wanted. This is what we asked for. And that's what's so beautiful about this project is that it's coming from 12 different people. We also had people Zooming in from out of state. So we would have a Zoom group. One of the things that we did a lot in our earlier meetings was we would break out into groups of we would probably break out into four different groups or three different groups and we'd be like okay talk about what theme you want and then everybody would come together after we'd set a timer for half an hour or something we'd talk about themes and then we'd come back together and we'd be like okay we talked about this theme we I don't even remember we said growth and Uh, change and our process has it's grown this is our first big project together so we've been figuring out our process after every meeting we would debrief and be like okay Next time, we talked about theme for three hours. Now (laughs) let's think about character and plot and how to incorporate the things that everyone is trying to add to the story and make it what we want and make it beautiful. And I think one of our friends was like pointed out that it's not just a cranky now, it's this like epic, this cranky epic where we have all these different stories playing into one. So it's been really awesome. So the basis of the show is described as following a girl's journey to joy, nourishment, and connection as she disentangles all that she thought she knew. And I'm going to play a clip here from the project, which is an original song by one of your collaborators, Zach Houston, who is an artist in New York City. Yeah, I think this song is the culmination of the show, really. (laughs) But it actually helped guide the story. We wrote the story and then... He wrote the song, and we've changed the story and added different parts because of the song, because we loved his words. Yeah, it's interesting the way that it all went, because we had people writing stuff before, other parts, like the beginning. I guess the beginning was written first, but then Zach's song, he finished it really quick. And so we had this song, and it was actually going to be in a different part of the show, but then we listened to it, and we were like, oh, this has to be like the big finale song (laughs) yeah yeah when i first heard it it sounded almost like what would be behind the trailer yes yeah Yeah. really wonderful here we go this is zach houston who wrote many hands in the great bonfire one of the songs of the big beautiful cranky project my name is zach houston and i'm a songwriter and an actor living in new york city The ideas behind the song, Many Hands in the Great Bonfire, came from attending early meetings for this project. I was sitting on Zoom, many miles away, and hearing the cranky crew dream up the story they wanted to tell. And in each version of it, some of the same themes kept coming up. They were themes about community, about human interconnectedness, and a kind of lost, mythical layer of life. I was then inspired to write a sort of triumphant song about ending isolation and coming back into the mutual responsibility, care, and joy of community. I am deeply enamored of this group of artists and the beautiful things they are making. The fact that they held space for me all the way from New York City to contribute in some small way to their communal creation 
is an act of the greatest hospitality and open-hearted artistic spirit, and I thank them for it. I think Asheville and the whole world are very lucky to have this big, beautiful, cranky crew. Thank you.
Matt Pikin here from The Overlook. Just as I interview my guests, I interview my sponsors. Those conversations are what you hear as advertisements on The Overlook. No other media outlet in town gives you that much time for your messages. So your ads don't sound like ads. They sound like advice or points of view that really help listeners. And that's how listeners of The Overlook will come to think of you as helpful members of the community. Become a sponsor of The Overlook. Email me at matt at podavl.com. We're back with the creators of the Big Beautiful Cranky Project, Molly Skanga and Emily Swan, two of over a dozen artists involved in this multidisciplinary collaborative project featuring music, storytelling, dance, visual art, and of course, a cranky. Here's Emily with more on the show's story. It's about a girl who lives in a neighborhood and the vine is taking over her house in the neighborhood and there's this relationship with it that it's this bad thing. And throughout the story, she gets to understand her relationship with the vine as the vine kind of guides her on this journey. Yeah, and through that, we've had some, there's a music piece. There's two songs that were written. You just heard one by Zach Houston. We have another song by musician Alice Bradley. After the first intro scene where this girl feels disconnected from the people in her, feels disconnected from the people in her community, and she's starting to want more, and she's sitting in her lonely house, and she sees the vine in her window, and she goes outside. She's about to have an interaction with the vine, and then Alice comes into the song, which is how she's feeling in the beginning before she grows Alice, she started singing in choir and playing piano, and she's an amazing musician, and she loves songwriting, she said, because it's like, it gives you the opportunity to live and work and be close to nature and then express that through song. And she said her words, nature can mirror internal psyche and spiritual journeys, and then she likes to put that into her lyrics. And then she wrote Am I Missing Something, kind of about her experience during COVID, about her like isolation, disconnection, and how that impacted her. And so she let that kind of inspire her song, mm-hmm. this story. Beautiful. All right, let's take a listen. say 
to talk about how we experience life collectively. We realize that everyone has a story to tell. And so I think as a group, we started to talk about what it's like to live in this world and what it's like to experience our feelings and to find something within us that we didn't know we had. Find that we could mm. play an instrument or find that we have connection to the earth or people or a neighbor. So yeah, just sharing those stories and then figuring out how to put it into the the greater story. I think it's returning to like those deep truths and like mm -hmm. the things that get lost day to day. Yeah. And I think what's been really cool is having the writers try and write something and then Molly as an artist is let's think about how to paint that. And then her talking about how to paint it actually then changes the story a little bit. And then that the story then changes the paint. And it's this like braid of us figuring out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also just, like, pushing your boundaries. I think that's, like, the overarching theme of this whole project that we've been doing is, like, believing in yourself and trying new things that you didn't think that you could do. Because even, like, some of the stories that were described to me, I was like, I definitely can't paint that. There's <laughs> no way I can pull this off. And I'm, like, sitting there, oh, my gosh, like, how do I make <laughs> this look like, like I, what I want it to be? And I don't know if I'm good enough for this. And then we come back and... We get to get and just trying new things and mm -hmm. really we can do anything we want to do. We just have to try it. Okay, so this is an excerpt from Matt Dillon. And I want to share Matt Dillon's writing philosophy. Matt says, stories have the unique ability to take us on a journey without taking us out of our seats. Mm -hmm. And like any journey, we come back to our to familiar things with a deeper appreciation. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning of Cranky 3. There are certain things every little girl knows until the world makes her forget, until it has eroded from her like cuneiform from stone. We know everything and you know nothing, the world says. We know the speed of light, the speed of sound, the speed of love, and the speed of sorrow, the world says. What do you know? We know the number of months in a year, the number of days in a month, the number of seconds in a day, and how brief it is to be young, the world says. What do you know? We know the sugar content of wheat, soybeans, and corn. We know the market in indices and supply chains and gross domestic product, the world says. What do you know? We know about mean, mode, and median distributions. We know tensile strength, flashpoints, rotational momentum, 
amperage, and the exact levers of power, the world says. What do you know? You know nothing, and we know everything, the world says. So the little girl's voice shrinks inside herself, and she trusts only what the world tells her. The girl finds that she is always awaiting for the world to tell her whether she is right or wrong. But now, as the girl with the red scarf sat under a roof of sinewy vines, she began to discover things in a way that felt like remembering. I, I'm kind of hoping that the audience takes away kind of a feeling of empowerment because, well, I don't know if everyone's going to know that about like all the people that worked on this story, but we're all just, you know, we're all just people in the world that have our separate lives that we live and we have full-time jobs and, and, you know, we have a lot of other stuff that we have to deal with, but you can make art and you can make something beautiful and you can do, do something, do something that you've always dreamed of just like on the side. And it's not really on the side. It's like, that's, I mean, to us, this is, this is like what we want to be doing. This is like, this is our passion. And just, just for, to be empowered, to follow your dreams and make some, make something that you've always wanted to make. I feel alone in my own desire. Many hands make the work much lighter. What I hold in my head is a fake empire. Many hands build the great bonfire. There is joy even at a funeral pyre. Many hands make the work much lighter. The moon is the night of the evening squire. Many hands build the great bonfire. Thank you to Molly Skanga and Emily Swan and to all of you out there for listening. For more information on the Big Beautiful Cranky Project, you can follow them on Instagram at Big Beautiful Cranky or stop by at the residency at 821 where folks are welcome to assist with putting together the final touches of the show. The Big Beautiful Cranky Project will premiere at Story Parlor on Saturday, March 4th with virtual tickets still available to the 8 p.m. showing followed by a matinee showing at the residency at A21. More details on the residency are available at theresidency at a21.com. This episode has been presented by Story Parlor, a multidisciplinary art space in West Asheville dedicated to storytelling, creativity, and the exploration of the human experience with a robust calendar of events and classes for the community and by the community. I'm Erin Halligan-Claire, founder and artistic director at Story Parlor. Thanks to Matt Pikin and The Overlook for inviting us to take part in this audio residency. You can find out more about Story Parlor at www.storyparlorAVL.com.